Hey everybody, it's Nigel Jenkins of Laughing Heart Music and LHM Records, and today my guests are Andrew Sani and Alex Sani of Winnipeg, Manitoba-based hip-hop group, The Lytics. These guys have had a ton of success on the synchronization licensing front with companies like Apple and Gymshark, and they shared a lot of really practical and actionable tips on how to prepare yourself to have more and better sync placement opportunities for your music. I hope you enjoy the chat. Record. Cool. All right. So. Alex, Andrew, I uh, wanted to jump right into it with you guys. Uh, you've had a lot of luck on the sync front. And maybe the first question is, are you actively thinking about sync like when you're in the studio making music? Or is that something that happens after the fact uh, once you've got a song recorded and you've identified that maybe it's got potential on that front? Mm. I would like to think I Ideally, you want a song to be as multi-purpose as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would have to think that that's always, uh, that's always there. Like if you're making something and you're really into it, uh, you can, you know, maybe you're imagining a car in the background at some time, at some point, like, oh, this could work for this or you're thinking this could be cool background in a movie or this could be uh uh you know like it's it's funny there's a bunch of different things that you see i'm sure at some point and uh ideally if it comes together right and it's received the right way uh it can be used for for that but you should i think most people would have at least an idea of that being a possibility you know what i mean right I think it's yeah. also always important to just kind of remain business minded when you're thinking about your music. So like when it's, when it is completed, you know, always thinking about like, where could this end up? Who should we connect with? Uh, who needs to hear this? You know, and sometimes if you, if you have people close to the circle, like it wouldn't hurt to send it to them to just, you know, what do you think of this? And they may have ideas about where it could go. Um, a lot of the sync people we've worked with, they're just like, anytime you have anything, please send it our way so that we know of it. So um, I think it's just kind of like coming into or coming out of that process, just knowing that there is a possibility if your goal is to make some money or monetize your music, there is a possibility of doing that, but you, you know, just keep it in mind and think about it. Who needs to hear it? That sort of thing. So who, who are some of those people that you're, you guys are regularly sending your music to? Um, like, who are they? What are their roles? You know, music supervisor or whatever. Um, and, and how did you come to meet them in the first place? Right. So, I mean, we've kind of, we've kind of worked with a few different um, music supervisors. I mean... I don't know if uh, I don't I don't know if we should say any names. Just <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, but but um, yeah, we've worked with a few different music supervisors, and it's we've kind of met them uh, a few different ways, right? Like I know one of our major placements, we met them kind of on a whim in uh, Estonia. Um, okay. 
So we were there, we got invited to play some shows and we played this show in a, was it like a record shop, Alex? Or yeah, it was a uh, Villain the Vibes record shop in Estonia. And uh, as soon as the set was done, uh, she had kind of come over and uh, just was talking and she had her card out. Uh, really nice, uh, really nice person. I guess we're not using names. Uh, and yeah, she she made sure just to, she was really quick about it. Um, she was like, saw the show, I like the show. Uh, can I have some music to to listen to? And is there any way, like, is there contact information? She was really quick about it. Yeah. So that was like in and out, um, five minutes, not even because uh, everybody was setting up, making sure the merch was ready so they could be signing stuff and, and selling stuff. So the thing that was interesting about that, it was so quick, so in and out, uh, yeah. which if you want to tie it into your first question, I guess getting ready, making sure you have a, a product that's uh, kind of accessible from the front end when you're putting it together when somebody whose job it is to find that stuff is ready like it's not a long process they're in they're out yeah uh card in hand and good to go i'm sure she was off to the next and i'm sure she probably checked a couple uh shows later that day she ended up seeing our other show but it was just yeah you you wouldn't if you were watching the whole thing on a on a on a security camera, you, you probably would. It was such a it was like a handoff. It was so yeah, cool right. Like you caught it. Yeah, yeah. and out. <laughs> and guess. So and yeah, it was, then. with her, she was, you know, she was on it, and then and then it was just like relationship building from there. Yeah, you know, kept in touch. Would reach out every few months, mm -hmm. um, and she constantly was sending different opportunities. I think at the start we only landed. Think we landed like a few really really small things yeah. um, but it was just like she was just you know making the effort of staying in front of us and we did the same thing we just send stuff you know when when we had the chance or when something came up um, and, and it just kind of grew to that point where she got a, a, a bigger opportunity with Apple that came across her desk and and uh, we kind of kept in touch and she knew us pretty well and knew our situation and, and knew our music really well. And uh, it was just, it seemed like it was a fit kind of going from with a lot of these sync opportunities It usually happens in stages. So you have like the, you have like that getting past that first spot where they're like, okay, this could be suitable. And I'm sure there was right. tons of other tracks and it was just kind of like in constant conversation with them until one day it just ended up online. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can, I can speak to that Apple thing a little bit cause I was involved at that time. Um, but maybe, mm. maybe rewinding a little bit, like when you made that connection, what were some of the, the content pieces or assets that you had ready that helped to facilitate that relationship growth? Because an important part of sync is having all of your sort of ducks in a row when those opportunities come up. So were there things, that you had made in terms of different song formats, et cetera, that helped you to take advantage of that opportunity? I know at that time, uh, download cards, Andrew had gone out and got a, uh, a bunch of download cards ready. 
So um, the fact that she was able to get the card in her hand, um, which could easily be like an analog, perfect analog would be like, you know, a SoundCloud page or, or whatever it is, but something she can download. Like yeah. the, the fact that she had it, uh, she could go out and, and download everything and kind of listen to it at her, her leisure. Um, I know that helped her out. Um, that helped out the situation pretty quickly because yeah. we, up until that, like at that point, we we're doing a little bit of vinyl and uh, CDs are, you know, you know, what's up with those. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So download cards were were kind of like the hot idea at the minute, and it just so happens that we got that to her. But as far as uh, a perfect analog, like I said, is if you can have that, like a Dropbox with a bunch of uh, tracks ready. We also had that too at the yeah. time because uh it just allowed us to have that one-stop shop for us but um we had some tv um tv mastered versions uh, of stuff ready to go in there as well um not for the particular song that they ended up choosing but right. the fact that we had a bunch of that stuff ready those assets downloadable quick uh at their own convenience i think that really helped out it's great to have your stuff streaming um, like private SoundCloud pages and, and things, but I'm I'm I've heard it before, uh, and you know, in little conversations, I've seen it. The fact that you can streaming's great, but they need to be able to actually have that. People don't always have access to the internet. Uh, right. Let's say they're away at the cabin, and you know, or whatever. Uh, and I'm sure there's another situation, maybe that'll come up later, but a, a similar thing where um, having that download, where they could play it off of their phone because it actually lives on their phone now right. or off their computer can bounce it out to so many other people, especially these are people whose job that's, it's their job to listen to music and find music and they like to talk to each other and share it. And if they're yeah, both, yeah, yeah. you know, if they're both away from service, but they have it on that phone, that's a big deal. So another thing like with, with a lot of the people that work in that world, it's, they have to move so quickly. They're competing with, who knows, like a big deal, like an Apple deal. There could be five, six, seven, ten, who knows, other people. Like, I'm sure the, the team over at Apple, they just reach out to every single person that they know in that same placement world. Right? I'm sure the pool is as big as possible. So for an artist hoping to get that placement, like one of the most important things is to just be ready to work, be ready to work. So if it's like, if someone says, Hey, I have an, I, I have this, this placement. Can you get me this music? It's literally like, if it's sitting in a folder or if it's on a download card, if it's, you know, easily accessible for them. And then you have all the other materials too. Cause some, some of the, some of those people do want your bio. They want your, um, they want pictures. They want the whole thing. So, if it's on a Dropbox, that you can send them a Dropbox link, and they have your TV, your TV masters and instrumental and every everything they need. Like it's almost best to just here's everything I got for this record, right? And that way they don't even need to come back to you. You know, if Apple comes back and says, "Hey, we're this is in the top three or four selection," you know, we need the TV master because sometimes right. just like for them, you know they're moving at such a fast pace turnaround could be like half a day 
you know, they don't want to wait around for you to send the next track because in that time they might, they might pick the next, Apple might have already picked the, the, the song, right? So you just, you got to be quick. You got to be on it, have your shit ready to go. A lot of uh, hurry up and wait. Right. But, yeah, like there's no time. Like you have, this needs to be done yesterday and you do it. And then it's quiet for like three days. Yeah. and four days and then it's like okay we're the next place we need this right now so it could the illusion could quickly because oh you know i have some time or you don't have time at all but uh you know to get to the next the next leg of the race like there's zero time to get that you might be there for a long time you yeah. know it might not be running for a minute but but uh you're doing that and you know at the very least uh one, oh, sorry, two other things. Metadata. We haven't been mm. doing as much of that as we should, but yeah. uh, from a lot of the sync placements that I've talked to and other artists that I know that do really good with sync, uh, metadata is huge. So if you can get that embedded, for people who don't know, there's a lot of programs out there that allow you to actually embed track information into the file. So yep. when they're listening to it, they can see uh, your name, uh, what genre or type of uh, music you might classify that in I found out from some artists that I, a lot of artists that I work with that that's helped them out um, and certain because when it goes into some of these uh, some of these placement uh, agencies or, or whatever sync agencies databases it they have to figure out where to put it if it's yeah. already labeled it's all boom ready to queue up so that that helps them out uh, a lot and if you don't want to, the other part that I was going to say is if you don't want to send them a giant file, at least make sure you have a giant file. You know what I mean? You don't have to send them everything, but make sure you have a copy of everything so that you can uh, send them out a more condensed. If you're sure that it's one song that they need and you have like a couple different edits of that song, or yeah. you have, then it's great if you can pull those from a zip file, zip that itself and fire that off. So like Andrew said, they don't have to get back to you, uh, but they're also not inundated with like, you know, five other versions of five other songs in there. So make it, just think what would make it easier for them to pick you? What's the easiest way for them to pick you? What's the easiest way for them to want to work with you? And if you can kind of do that ahead, you can maybe anticipate a lot of the problems that you could potentially face. So. Yeah, I think on the metadata uh, front and connected to like people sharing stuff, um, really important thing I've been doing over the last number of years is making sure there's contact information, usually in like a comments section of the metadata. Huge. It's like oh. my, my name, my email, my, my cell, personal cell phone with the, the country code in there. Um, so that if it lands on somebody's desk, sort of three stages beyond the person I sent it to, they, they can reach out to, to me or to the artist directly or whatever. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Country code. That was a good. Good <laughs> yeah well it's like i mean you don't you don't know you it, never where know. it's gonna land right it could be in estonia somewhere exactly yeah. exactly dope yeah uh what do you what do you guys remember um just I, I don't know if you can speak to this but you know if you can what if anything do you think impacted friction landing that iphone commercial like what were the things that played in favor of that song if, if you recall any of that from that process or, or do you do you know it was just so behind the scenes you know what i can't tell you from there and i know they like the energy of it right and i know they liked uh, uh 
I know they like the energy of it and kind of the pace of it. Um, I can tell you from my end, and I'm sure Andrew can elaborate for himself, uh, that song particularly, like I couldn't have picked, I wouldn't have picked that song to end up as placing mm. four things, which is cool because I don't know what will always place. I don't right. know what an advertiser needs to, to execute their vision. But I do know that when we were recording that, uh, we were excited. We had big smiles on our faces. And the first part of that, getting the, even the, the, the hook down before we, we finished all the verses and stuff, we were excited. Like we left that room with this excitement and this like, that's energy. Like that's so much energy. And, you know, even to backtrack all the way to your first question, then, uh, yeah, that energy, that feeling, knowing that something great was happening there. Yeah. I think that translates to the end user, in this case, the, the advertiser or the average listener. And they're like, yo, we get it. Like if the artist gets it, they really get it. Then there's a higher chance that the end user is going to get it. Because uh, when we finished putting down that hook and, Rewrote it a couple of times, worked on it, and you know nothing's mixed, nothing's mastered, even close. But we like we walked out of that room with like, yo, that's that's nice, mm. that's that's nice. So I think uh, that I think that hit with uh, with with uh, the sync agent, and I think it also hit with Apple. Apparently, yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't think I know. It's yeah. Nice. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, I would, I would agree with. I would agree with that. And then I think there's also like on the more like technical, not technical side, but like there's with these placements, there's always certain things that they're just going to ask you, like, especially, and it relates specifically to like people making electronic music where mm. pretty well the first thing they're going to ask is like, is it yeah, is, are there any samples there? And like, Alex being the producer, he's very careful about what, you know, what he samples or, you know, he'll even go as far as playing it out himself or playing it backwards and then chopping it up. And it's, you know, it's like doing what it, doing that dance to make sure that like, when they ask you, are there samples on this? You can say no, you know, they always ask about who are all the partners involved? Like for us, we, it was us and then you, Nigel. Yeah, so like very easy, very clean to be able to say, not like dealing with us and you're dealing with um, our label, which is basically, you know, an extension of us anyways, right? So it's, you know, and there's, um, there's kind of, then they ask about lyrics, whose voices are on this? Is it just your voices? But so there's a lot of like those little things, you know, when you get into that world, just a, knowing the answers, just like knowing off the top of your head exactly what those answers are. And then if, if you are the kind of band that's like, I want to get placed, just making sure that you have that stuff as clean and as clear as possible. So then good point. it's possible for you to get those. Cool. Very good point. Um, that's actually, uh, that's a great, great point. There's way too often that, uh, and, and that question always comes up, I guess, uh, like Andrew said, from the beginning, that was something that we were thinking about, maybe for different reasons. But uh, I'm sure there's so many artists 
uh, right now that are, it's got to be heartbreaking to get reached out to by a big company. And then they ask like, can I use this because of, and you're like, no, because of samples or whatever. Um, right. Take the time to, to get it right. And just remember, it doesn't end it at, at uh, it doesn't end at commercials or placements in movies. It actually goes all the way uh, to think about, you know, album sales, downloads, uh, somebody's coming for their money. If you don't do your due diligence and make sure that it's yours, somebody's going to come and take it from you if it's successful. So yeah, just put in the extra little bit of work and keep that stuff clean. You know that, that group, the Verve? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We studied that it's case in law school. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. That's a pretty good example of, you know, guys that just didn't think it, or people that just didn't think it out, right? And you have your, your biggest song, you don't even play it at your own, at major festivals or shows. <laughs> it belongs to the Rolling Stones. And it was like, what's what Rolling Stones song was it even? I don't know. It wasn't. It was. It, it was a symphony playing a Rolling Stones tune that they sampled, right? I forget what Rolling Stones Trash. song it was, but yeah, that's it, like that song. I remember hearing that song and thinking. Um, I remember hearing that song and like for the first time as a kid, and I was like, "Yo, this is." this is really nice like this is really really nice yeah and then you were hearing it everywhere and uh yeah like huge band that you'll never really get to hear as much of as you should especially uh in the music industry from my understanding especially when you get on tour and you start spending some more time in, in europe and other places like you can you can make a career off one song yeah, which is it's crazy to think about, but you can make a career out of one song. I'm not saying you only have one song in your catalog. I mean, you that one song can get you so many opportunities and have you touring 30 years later. But it's that one song that does it. And some people live very very comfortable lives off of one song. Yeah, and if you finally get that one song, and then the Rolling Stones comes and takes it away from you, <laughs> I don't know, man. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say their name, but there was one, one group in particular where we were talking to them about, um, I guess their music. And one of the dudes in the group pretty much said that like, till this day, he's making a million dollars a year off of just sinks and, you know, whatever, whatever checks come in for the song. Like, and this is, I think the song probably came out like mid nineties. So wow. It's just like, you have to, you have to, you have to private message me later and remind me of which. <laughs> I don't want to, huh? I don't want to blow anyone's spot up. That's all. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. It's, Was it's I in... there for this conversation too? <laughs> what? Was I there for this one? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Okay. You know what? There, that just goes to show you it happens way more than you think. Because yeah. we've talked to a lot of people, and I'm sure there's, I can't pin down the exact person who you're talking about, but I'm sure that, like, there's, like, five or six names in my head that I'm, like, oh, I can easily be that person. So, yeah, get your stuff, get your stuff right so people don't come for your money. Well, and that's an important part about, like, ownership, too, right, and copyrights. Yeah. Like, I, I hope you guys don't mind me saying this about our deal, but, like, I, I've licensed your record 
ultimately at the end of the day, those rights revert back to you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You still own all that stuff. And I think ownership is important. And that's why I structure my deals that way. Cause you know, for me, I, I don't want to just replicate the, the historical exploitative model that the industry has operated on. I like finding people like you partnering with them, licensing the stuff, trying to work it. And then at the end of the day, you know, if, if friction ends up being a track that makes, you know, however much money a year forever at the end mm -hmm. of our term, all those rights go back to you guys and you're still making that money. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and to speak on like our situation with you in particular, uh, you know, as, as we're getting ready to work on newer projects and everything, uh, getting back to work with you is not a hard thing to conceive. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we've, we've had situations in the past where we've left going, oh, okay, no. Do you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's more than that one act that, that, that has things go a certain way. So, and for younger artists, they might see it. Um, just realize that um, anybody that you're going to sign a contract with, anybody you're going to sign a deal with, just because they're like, oh yeah, you know, we want to work together in the future. That doesn't mean that you're going to work together in the future. It, if if uh, a lot of money comes up, like a lot of money comes up, uh, and it's easier for them to just take it, don't be surprised if they take it. So make sure you, you know who you're working with and you can trust them from the beginning. Yeah. And don't sign anything, don't sign anything that gives anybody extra leverage because when it, if it ever comes due, uh, they'll, they'll use it. Yeah. So... Um, and that's, I really respect that about working uh, with you. Nice, nice, uh, nice contracts, nice deal. <laughs> well, the, the nice thing about it too, is I feel like, you know, we, we met what 2016 at the Junos. It was you and I, yeah. Alex, right at the, yeah. at the bar back there, bumped into each other, had yeah. a conversation, ended up putting the record out. It was like two years after that, just had ongoing yeah. conversations. And I feel like sort of in the meantime, I've, I've been growing, you guys have continued to grow. It's like, it's a nice partnership that way. And I like to, I hope that that's how all of my sort of artist relationships end up going. Right. And mm -hmm. now I'm in a position where, you know, I'll be able to invest more in the project and that feels great. And, um, I wanted to talk about your, your guys's openness too, because I think it's an important thing to, to highlight and bring up, um, you know, cause we've talked about the Apple deal, but you guys yeah. are also very cool to sign stuff, license stuff at the other end of the spectrum for small TV spots. It's like, you know, everything from, I, I won't say the number, but you know, not, yeah. not, not an Apple deal up to an Apple deal. You'll, you'll consider it. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, um, you know what, actually, Andrew, you take a, take a swing at this first. I'm sure you got something to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot of it is just like, well, for starters, I think a lot of artists and like we even struggle with it. A lot of artists don't think of themselves as business people for whatever reason, like being an artist, I think being an artist automatically makes you like an artist that's trying to move their music and have people hear it. It automatically makes you a business person, right? Right. There's this like weird dichotomy for a lot of artists where they don't see themselves as a um, business person or see themselves as marketing people. don't You're pretty much wearing every single hat. And so when you go into it like in, in another life 
working in um, marketing, it's just like every deal is a deal worth looking at. Looking yeah. at. It doesn't mean taking, but it's worth looking at. And then even if the dollar amount isn't always that enticing, you got to think though, you know, say for example, one deal we recently worked on was, was for a French television show, right? Mm. So our music to end up in a French television show, I wouldn't say we have like the brands in the, the French speaking world, right? So now we have opportunity to be exposed to them, even if it's just like a little backing track. I can't tell you how many times I've watched television and heard backing track and been like, Ooh, that sounds good, and Googled it. Oh, yeah. So I think it's the kind of thing where like the dollar amount may not be as big, but like the biz that business side of me says, the prospect of gaining, even if it's one new French fan is worth, is worth taking a little bit of a hit. Not even a hit, like you're gonna pay me money to put <laughs> Yeah. Sure, it's not huge, but it, it's at least gonna maybe gain me more fans and it is something. So I think like that openness really just comes from being, being business minded. Like I'm, if you come, come at me with a business deal where there's an opportunity to make money, I'm always gonna look at it. You know, yeah. I'm gonna say yes, but I'm definitely gonna look at it. Well, and to jump on that, even uh, if it's for a good cause, you might want to look at it. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's, you don't want to give your, your stuff away for free uh, if you don't have to, but um, it's an investment. And one of the things that Andrew said that was really like so true is it's, it's kind of funny how artists will, you know, they'll give a finger for, for exposure and then at the same time to turn up their nose at certain opportunities because it doesn't pay seems kind of counterintuitive. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, well, this only pays 400 bucks, 500 bucks. Well, look at that another way. How many people are going to listen to it? How many people is it going to hit? Is that a group of people that you wouldn't normally have hit? Is it a group of people that, um, are going to like your music that you wouldn't normally have hit. When you start to look at some of your, your metrics on social media and different downloads and you start seeing things like Australia or Thailand or whatever, yada, yada. And like, then you start seeing them kind of spike in different places. You have to wonder how did it get out there? If you hadn't toured out there and you know, you haven't been actively hitting that spot, how did your music get out there? So, if a charitable organization only they, they need it for free, but it's going to be seen a lot, you know, uh, then do it. If, if it's a, you know, a German TV show, French TV show, an Italian TV show, if there's something doesn't look good, the money necessarily, but now you, like Andrew said, that exposure, this is something that you would do for free. Remember you would right. do this for free. <laughs> so if you're getting money for it, you double win, you know? Yeah, two two things. I love I love what you're saying about like a taking opportunities because they create more opportunities. You know what I mean? There's like that exponential growth. You open one door for yourself, and now you're in with this person who has a whole network of other people and reaching new fans. And yeah. I really like what you said, um, Andrew, too, about like if if I can make one new fan doing this, then it's worth it. I think that's such a good mentality approach. It's like if this gets me one new person, that's sort of the slow incremental build that you need to have a sustainable career over, 
five, 10, 20 years. hundred percent. There's this, I remember is one thing that, uh, Sally Tuna showed me was like, he takes every single fan so seriously, you know, and till this day he's, he, he can go anywhere and, and draw a crowd. And a lot of that, because like, and I'm not gonna, uh, just being honest, right? Like, I mean, besides the the Jurassic Five music, I don't know a lot of Charlie Tuna music. Just right. Charlie, I don't, right? So, but and I and I bet you there's a lot of people that are maybe similar, but they know Charlie Tuna because last time they went to I went to a Charlie Tuna show and the dude was smiling, and at the end of the show, end of every show. He go. He used to go to the uh, the end of the stage and he'd sit on the stage. Like he'd finish it, sit on the stage and just sit there. And he'd sit there for an hour. And people would come up and he'd say hi. He'd sign stuff. He'd take pictures. He just talked to people for like yeah. an hour. And all those people, they built that relationship with them. They remember him. Next time he's in town, you better believe they're going to the show and they're coming with people. So it's almost just like yeah, that one fan may not seem like a lot but that one fan really does matter and could mean a huge di- could make a huge difference for you next time you're in their city you know and not to, not thinking so transactional too like right you know, it's not just about the transaction like it's 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 about building that community and and eventually that community could support you right everybody everybody has has brothers and sisters and family members and friends and we don't know who those people are before we shake their hand or get to know them but um just think about how many different people uh recommend music to you right uh, on a daily basis on a week so you know listen uh there's a you know again no no names but uh you know talking to uh, a grammy nominated mix engineer uh, a while ago, who came literally came across our music because he was checking a podcast or not a podcast, a, a, a Spotify uh, after talking to some relatives, right? That know our music. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So by the time we ended up talking to him, he's not only does he know all of our music, but he's actually like he's naming off songs and like talking to us about them as somebody who actually knows a lot about what's going crazy to hear that. Yeah. You know, so you don't know who knows what everybody has relatives. Everybody has friends. That one fan <laughs> could be the most important one fan. You don't even know uh, existed. Yeah. I mean, I've got a, I've got a, I think it's a good story about that, that the band wouldn't mind me sharing. So one of the acts I managed from Halifax Hillsburn, we were on tour out west and they had a show in Red Deer that we had booked and it was like it's like a Wednesday night and the venue turned out to be a little too big and there might have been 20, 25, 30 people there tops. But one of those people was like a big promoter in the city who loved the go. band and who has there brought them back three or four times now and has like worked his ass off to build the band's profile in that city and to always bring all of his people out and to put the band in the right venues with the right opening acts. It's like, that's just it. I do, it doesn't need to be, like you said, Andrew, I think you put it really well. It doesn't need to be as transactional as that. But if you just meet everybody with like the kindness and the respect that you hope to get from others for yourself, um, 
things things can go well for you. <laughs> I, you know, I giggled uh, to myself uh, because giggled. Who says that? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. You know, I, I I truly believe, and this is like my own thing. Everything that they teach you by the time you're in grade three, grade four, is the one hundred percent truth. And right. then we spend the rest of our days either moving away from that or coming back to that. But right. uh, yeah, the smallest things. You need eight hours of sleep. You know what I mean? Mm. Eat healthy food. Be nice to everybody. You don't know who it is. Treat people with respect. You know, don't steal from people. These are, <laughs> it's funny, but at the small, most micro level, I think everybody already has an idea of what they need to do in the music industry to have things work out for them right. and not create a ton of enemies. Whether you do it, or you let yourself get convinced that, uh, you know, there's little corners to be cut. We know you learned it by the time you were in grade three, grade four, you know what you're supposed to do. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from a lot of this stuff, even anyways, side note, hopefully it helps resonates with somebody. I'm sure it will. Andrew, it looked like you maybe wanted to jump in with something. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just building on what Alex said, like there's, you know, it's important to be a business, but then there's that other side, that artist side is also very important, you know, where you're, it is still very much about the art. Like, even if, even if we're talking dollars, um, at the end of the day, it's about the art and connecting with people. So like that can't be overlooked either. Yeah. How, how do you guys make time for your own creative process? Cause I know you both have other sort of jobs, projects, things on the go. How do you, how do you make that time for making music? so far uh if you if it's fun for you then you're gonna make time like right somebody wants to sit down and watch tv for a couple hours but it's more fun to make music you're probably gonna make music yeah. you know what i mean uh you're not necessarily gonna cut taking a walk or getting some fresh air to make music right but you can easily cut re-watching a movie or you know watching tv or doing something that that's not really that important uh so it, if, if you can find a way you can get creative with it uh another thing that i find personally don't work on music when you're not feeling it right give yourself a little bit of time to maybe try and break through a little bit of a plateau if you can but Let's say if you add it up all on paper, you have a free like 10 hours over the course of a week. Um, if you try to work on music five times that week and it just doesn't happen, don't worry about it. Like right. come back the next week. Like don't force anything. Um, work on stuff, but don't force anything because you don't want to make yourself frustrated and, and you don't want to take away the joy that you have from it. Because as long as this is fun for you, you will make time. You will find time when the places you least expect it and it'll be way more rewarding but uh yeah don't force it and um don't don't make yourself homeless over it either you know what i right. mean like uh if you got to get some sleep so you can get up for work then get the sleep and get up for work you will be have way more brain energy to think about music if you're not worried about looking for a job you know what i mean right. so like these are these are, are are the things that uh work for make sense for me at least yeah cool yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. I mean, it's just, in, you got to enjoy the process, enjoy, enjoy making it. 
is like the most important thing. No. At this point in my life, I don't think I really do anything I don't enjoy. Right. Like, it might be like a few friends I don't really enjoy anymore. <laughs> you can cut them too, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there slowly. But yeah, I don't think I do anything I don't enjoy, essentially. On the flip side, I do a lot of things I don't enjoy. Right. But I, you know, hopefully I don't have to do that for too much longer. You know, the goal is to not do things that you, you don't enjoy, just like you said. Um, as far as friends that you don't enjoy, interestingly enough, uh, that goes musically too. Right. You know, um, you'll notice when you start off making music that there's a lot of people around and there's a, a lot of people who want to do this like you and potentially with you. Um, you know, you might just act like, uh, act like if you want this to be a career, act like it's a career. Meaning, think twice about that song that you might be recording with uh, with that other dude. You know what I mean? Like, what is the right. song about? Uh, right. How you know what I mean? You, you don't want to have to bury a bunch of bad music uh, because that you didn't even really want to make. So just think about this long term from the beginning. If you're gonna do that, it'll help to make help you to make a lot of uh, way better decisions. You know what I mean? I'm also so, talking about the. So. <laughs> yeah, nobody. I'm half joking about friends. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think got friends I don't like. I I think it's true of a lot of things though that like there's there's a bunch of stuff that you have to do that maybe you don't like or enjoy as much to get to do the thing that you love. Whether yes. that's the the recording process for some artists or the performing or whatever. Like, there's a lot yeah. of admin work, uh, web design, going to photo shoots, you know, writing grants. Even that stuff. It for me, it's like. I actually, when I think about it and I stop and I stop and I think about it, I actually do love that stuff. Like it's, right. it's like it's, it's getting me to do the thing that I really want. I love doing, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's moments, there's moments touring where I'm just like, uh, I don't know if I really want to go on tour, be on this tour or whatever. And then you're, you're knee deep in it and you're like, actually, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Like, I can't think of a, a better place than being in this, like, musty bathroom or musty, you know, changing room. <laughs> yeah. No, like, this is, this is fun. I could, I could be doing worse things, so. Yeah. We have, uh, sorry, somebody keeps trying to uh, call here. We have, I've been working on a project for the last, oh, take a hint, come on. <laughs> Uh, I've been working on a project just building up, um, you know, my, my uh, kind of studio space. So make it easier for us to do music. I've been doing that for like almost a couple of years now. And I'm just yeah. finishing that up. So, you know, back to Andrew's point, like you saying, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he, you know, he finds he even still enjoys. I, I can agree with him when I look at the whole project at the end now that it's finishing up and when i'm like you know test running some stuff that's fun for me right everything else about building this room has been terrible and i hate it and it's <laughs> been expensive but the reason why i'm saying how much i hate it and how terrible it was is because i appreciate it uh now that it's come to an end because the value that it's going to add to uh 
my life and the rest of the guy's life, everybody's life is uh, incalculable, incalculable, calculable. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. can't, you can't put a number on it. You can't, that freedom to be able to create whenever you want is huge. So I'm really, uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, I guess the reason why I'm saying that is uh, sometimes in a quiet moment, you really appreciate you know, and enjoy what find you enjoy all that stuff that helps to bring you what you do, what you enjoy, like what Andrew was saying. Or sometimes in a quiet moment, you realize that you've hated every second of what you've had to do, but in right. the end, it's worth it. So either way, however you look at it, it's that end goal, which is, you know, that's the one that you actually want, right? Cool. Well, I think I think that's a good like note to maybe leave the conversation on. I don't want to keep you guys too much more this morning. I'm I'm sure mm -hmm. you've got things to get to, but thank thanks so much for like making the time to to have a conversation, connecting. Can I? You know what? Sorry, before we go, there was yeah, one yeah. thing that I, I wanted to say. Um, with the whole thing, as far as you know, getting those placements and stuff. Um, our first placement, we got um while we were in a, a an elevator do you know what i mean <laughs> uh our placement the apple one that we're talking about uh that happened right off stage uh in estonia in a record store in estonia yeah um our deal with with converse that turned into like a whole bunch of stuff that actually started off as uh, an entry into rubber tracks yeah uh so i guess all i wanted to leave this whole thing was is uh opportunities come via email opportunities come in elevators opportunities come uh on the side of the stage uh from somebody you wouldn't expect to see in the crowd they can come absolutely anywhere at any time so if you're ready for them and you look for them and you're open to them when they do come they will be there just try and get ready ahead of time because there's i can't tell you where they're going to come from but they will come if you make yourself open for them and you do that by being ready make a good product that you believe in and just just do the do the damn thing you'll be fine that's pretty much it yeah cool well, thank you so much, guys. I'm going to stop the recording um, and we can jump off on officially after that. But uh, it was cool. awesome, awesome connecting with you. And uh, I'll be chatting to you real soon. Yeah, definitely. All See right. you, man. Hope Thanks. it works.